This is an elephant speak. You're talking about finding reality. For the disclaimer, the In Search of Reality podcast and its host does not necessarily believe in or claim that our guests' opinions and stories are a representation of our own views. The podcast, however, is dedicated to giving people a right to speak and share their stories. The In Search of Reality podcast and its host may neither agree or disagree with episode content, but does respect the opinions, worldviews, religious ideals, and information that our guests provide. We believe in freedom of speech and a right to an opinion. I'd like to share an important message. The In Search of Reality podcast is a proud partner of the nonprofit organization Lotus Rising International. They are raising the awareness of child sex trafficking. They are on a rescue and recovery mission to help the victims of these crimes begin to rebuild and empower their lives. This nonprofit, nonpolitical organization is for only the children and helping the children obtain their needs and goals. If you would like to check more of their work out or donate to help the victims rebuild, you can go to www.insearchofrealitypodcast.com under contact partners, just click on the link, or you can simply visit www.lotusrisinginternational.org. Please give and spread the word. Hello folks and welcome to the show. Uh, we have another exciting episode this week. Uh, we're going to touch on one of my favorite topics, uh, past life regression. With us today, we have a certified past life hypnotherapist, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Uh, she works with people all over the world. Um, she is the author of The Past Life Perspective, Discovering Your True Nature Across Multiple Lifetimes. Ann Barham, how are you doing? Hi, Dylan. I'm doing great today. Thanks. 
Uh, it's nice to finally have you on the show. And like I was telling the listeners, um, this is one of my favorite topics to discuss. Uh, it's something that uh, I'm just real passionate about. I've had it done a few times and I've talked to a few people and I've actually, a lot of the people that I talk to in my line of work, um, I've actually um, referred them to some of the people I've had on my show mm -hmm. uh, for regression work. I think it's important work. It's something that um, I have you know, my background's in psychology, but it's something I never learned in at the university. Um, it right. wasn't until later that I discovered it. And um, I just wanted to dive deep into it when I first discovered it to see if there was any, you know, credence or any, anything real to this. And uh, to my surprise, there was. So yeah, if, well, what's funny is, um, I actually had a professor when I was getting my master's uh, in counseling psychology, who was sort of a closet regressionist. And he actually introduced it in our therapeutic imagery class. And um, I was his subject in front of the class, um, which wasn't the first time that I had had, um, had some regression work, but it was really pretty funny because like you say, a, a traditional um, psych program is not gonna go anywhere near past life work usually. Um, so I was fortunate in that way. I love that you said uh, closet regressionist. Yeah. So is, th is that still kind of a typical thing in, in the psychology community? Is it considered kind of like a pseudoscience or how is it looked at uh, among yeah, colleagues? No, it's, it's gained so much more um, credibility within the mainline um, psychology. I mean, the, the number one uh, person in the world for so many years is Brian Weiss. And he was a psychiatrist and worked in some very prestigious places. And then when he was using hypnotherapy with some of his clients, they started coming up with these memories that sounded like prior lifetimes. And he was like very skeptical. And, um, but eventually he got completely in it and became the man and has written a number of books, you know, and Brian's, I think in his late seventies now, and he's, he doesn't really work with clients anymore, but he still does cruises, <laughs> some workshops and stuff like that. But, um, so for someone that left brain mainstream analytical to swing all the way over it, um, it really helped give a lot more credibility to it, but still your, you know, typical Western psychotherapist might kind of raise an eyebrow. But I also have had a number of clients referred to me by their conventional therapists. So you kind of get a whole mix these days of, of how well it's um, accepted or not. Now, are those referrals typically because maybe they were unable to get to a solution? Yeah, very often um, what we see is that there might be some enduring issue um, could be a relationship issue, could be more like depression or anxiety. It could be even a physical thing going on that the regular MDs can't figure out. Or they'll say, there's no reason for you to have that pain. Um, and all conventional methods really have just kind of not shifted the whole thing. So um, that's often one of our indications that this is really coming from somewhere deeper in the past. And so that's um, the reason that people may then seek some work for prior lifetimes. And the wonderful thing is, at least with my clients, 
Um, usually we're one and done. It's like one session and we might resolve something that they've been in therapy for 10 years for that's just been stuck, stuck, stuck. And it was just because they never got back to the original source of the issue. Yeah, the unfinished business from the past. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, I've heard so many accounts and stories of how um, there, that kind of type of therapy has, has helped people um, in this lifetime. Uh, just for our listeners, could you just tell us a little bit of maybe about your background and kind of what got you started in all this? Uh, sort of a convoluted path. Um, so I was, I was actually a computer programmer at one time and um, was in the whole high tech thing and involved in business. And, but I was also always very fascinated with psychology and doing a lot of my own therapy and work that way. And, um, Somewhere along the line, I got the inspiration that I wanted to go back and get my master's degree in counseling and, and become a practicing therapist. And after I had done that for a few years, um, the inspiration came in of, and there's more for you to be doing, not just this conventional counseling. And, and as I had mentioned earlier, I... Um, had the experience in graduate school where I actually um, had the professor work on an issue I had with my feet that had been quite troubling. And, um, you know, here's this session I'm having, I'm lying on the car, this filthy carpet in the front of the classroom. And it's taking me back to a lifetime where my feet had been bound. I was a young Asian girl. And whole big story comes out, but from that moment onward, the problem was gone. So, I mean, it was just amazing. I had people stopping me in the hallways at school saying, Ann, how are your feet? <laughs> you know, I'd be like, you're just fine. Thank you very much. Um, so um, I decided that, wow, this is a, a direction that I can go. And I've always been also very uh, interested in spiritual matters. So it's a great way to incorporate spirituality into the therapeutic work because it's you're really looking at hmm, what are we doing in this human existence and what comes before what's after and what are the connections that we have with other people in our lives and also we're able to access um we i always take clients through their death in the prior lifetime which in and of itself can be a very profound experience. And um, then we're accessing higher spiritual knowledge when they're in that out-of-body state. And we get sometimes some just really amazing um, messages that come through either specific to that individual or sometimes it's even more these global <laughs> messages that, that are really helpful to just about anyone. So, um, so anyway, I... Um, Got my training. I did train with Brian Weiss and with another fellow named Roger Walter, who was kind of the number two. He's deceased now, but he was a British Union analyst who did past life work and, um, and then with a variety of other people and kind of meshed it all together to make my own technique. Um, and gradually got to the point where that's all I do is past life work. I don't really see any conventional clients anymore. So. Yeah. That's fascinating. And you had mentioned the emergence. Well, this is even on your website, the emergence of spirituality in your counseling work. Um, that's something that's not always a Western kind of philosophy either. What What is the importance? I mean, how how do you how do you feel that? It, like, how important is that to kind of mesh that 
Well, I personally think it's critical because even if a conventional therapist isn't labeling the fact that they're doing soul level work, they really are because we can't divide our being and say, well, here's my physical self, here's my emotional self, here's my spiritual self, here's my mental self, and that they don't interact and, and cooperate and influence each other. So a person and help them through some barrier or difficulty, you've got to incorporate a variety of aspects of our beingness. So um, I think more and more that's even being recognized just in daily life, you know, just the whole idea that um, people use meditation and they use mindfulness and they, they're doing these things even to help them in business is just saying, hey, it's, we are multidimensional beings and that we really need to incorporate all of that if we're going to be really effective. So um, I personally see this a very, very integral part of um, especially the work I do since it's, we are talking about many you know esoteric ideas and and what is the meaning and purpose i have a lot of clients that come to me wanting to know wanting to investigate what is my purpose this lifetime and if that isn't spiritual work i don't know what is right so um it's a wonderful area to be able to explore right and i, I think you're right i think it is becoming more mainstream um i've even come across like holistic healers and stuff that are you know, they're more of a, not just a health attitude, but it's more of a spiritual mind, body, spirit um, exactly. type of thing. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about past life regression as a tool for like ther therapeutic applications? Can you like talk about some of the applications, some of the stuff that you yeah. use it for? Yeah. So classic example is um, relationship issues where um, people have had some really troubling dynamic with either a spouse or a parent or a child or even a business partner at times that um, just seems really entrenched and no matter what, they can't seem to unlock the problem. And um, what we'll do is go to the origin of that issue in a prior lifetime and we'll find those two people together in some other form having um, some kind of conflict or something that's not been resolved. So for instance, I had a client come in um, and she's, her description was, I always feel like I'm fighting for my life with my husband. Anything that comes up, I have this reaction like survival is at stake. And um, so we went back to actually multiple lifetimes where indeed one or the other of them caused the other's death. So there was one where they were Roman soldiers and something happened and she was blamed. She and her soldier personality was blamed for something incorrectly and ended up being executed because of that. And it was the husband and his prior personality who caused that to happen. And, and then we were in another lifetime where they were in the Middle East and um, she was a man again and her current husband was her father-in-law and she, the man, was unfaithful to her wife, the father-in-law's daughter, and the father-in-law ended up 
hanging the husband because he had violated the morals and, and shamed the daughter and all this type of thing. So, so there were these That's issues where indeed her husband in the past had killed her. Um, so by diffusing that, seeing that, working through some of the energy all around that, she reported that, oh, now she could just look at an argument with her husband as just an argument and it no longer was this, oh my God, my life is at stake. Um, so that's just a good example of some relationship dynamic that, that can be helped. Um, another important area is um, emotional issues like enduring depression or anxiety problems or guilt, even that um, someone's caring that they can't really put their finger on why they feel that way. And they've done a lot of therapy and it's not doing it. So um, an example for that might be I had a, a client come in who said, I just always feel guilty. I feel like I was born feeling guilty and I don't know why. And we actually went back to a lifetime where she was a prison guard at a Nazi concentration camp and um, actually raped and murdered one of the camp prisoners and at the end of that life died feeling extremely guilty for what he had done so that guilt had been carried forward into the current life and the reason that is get carried forward is because as beings we want resolution we don't want this unfinished business so by carrying it forward and it being an issue now she was having the opportunity to uncover that and work through it and find forgiveness for that prior personality and, and that type of thing and so that really resolved those feelings of guilt um, as i mentioned before people often come wanting to know what their life purpose is they're just feeling not fulfilled with with their work or um, fun one usually is when I have a writer or an artist who's feeling blocked um, and they actually, we usually are able to go back and plug into a lifetime where they were very successful in their art and we're able to actually pull forward strengths and abilities and understandings from that prior lifetime and uh, we can actually set it up so that that prior personality who was so successful as an artist is sort of like this personal mentor that they now have in their hip pocket that they can kind of go to and say, I'm feeling blocked. What, you know, what do you suggest? And, and they, they can actually get some, um, some mentoring from this prior personality who's, who was so successful. So that's a fun area. And then a lot of people just want to do it for exploration or for spiritual work. They just want to get a better sense for What's, what is the whole point? What's the whole big picture? And how do I fit into it? And, um, and what's really most important for me to see today that's impacting me now? So those are some of the various ways um, that from the psychological perspective that the past life work is able to help. And it just, it accelerates the process because mm -hmm. we're going to, uh, we're asking for the origin of whatever the issue is or whatever is going to be most helpful to see. And it really focuses in to the exact thing that that's really going to um, either release the block or um, accelerate the person forward. That's excellent. Excellent explanation. Um, you. You'd mentioned that the, the husband and wife um, kind of 
rehashing other lifetimes or, or living other lifetimes together. What do you think the importance of like a soul group is, or why, why do we tend to incarnate with uh, the same souls? Yeah, we do that a lot. Um, so my understanding is these are um, other beings that we have usually it's that we have a very, very deep level of love and connection with, and we like being together on the planet and working together and we may have perhaps similar purposes in the, in the bigger picture. So we often will come back to be family members again or be close friends, but we like to change the dynamics. So might be husband and wife this lifetime and then in another lifetime it's parent and child. And then we might flip that and be child and parent, um, business partners in another lifetime, but it's that we really like working together. Now, sometimes the people that are most challenging for us also actually are part of our soul group and that there's been an agreement that, you know, I'm going to come up and be that thorn in your side this lifetime that's really going to push you to learn the lesson of tolerance or forgiveness or whatever it is that from the soul level you're wanting to work on. So sometimes our... Mm, most difficult and challenging people in our lives are actually also that's based on a very deep level of love and connection on, on a higher level. And it's just that they have volunteered to, to be that right. you know, thorn in our side for us. So um, very often travel in these sold groups. It doesn't mean every single lifetime that you'll be with the same people, mm -hmm. but over the ages, you usually have had a number of lifetimes within um, that group. Can we touch a little bit on the title of your book and then maybe just talk about what, what your book's about? What, what kind of things do you cover? Sure. So the book is called The Past Life Perspective, Discovering Your True Nature Across Multiple Lifetimes. And um, I intended it to be an, kind of an introductory piece to the whole idea of prior lifetimes and how we can use that therapeutically to resolve issues. Um, but many people that are very familiar with, with that already still love the book. It's, um, but it, you don't have to know or understand anything to be able to, to read it because it's, um, it's done from a level of assuming that you, you don't necessarily have never been even exposed to the concept. Um, and what it is is a collection of st actual stories from clients. And I wrote it so that it sort of feels like you're sitting there in my office with me as the client comes in, we find out what, what the issue is they want to go into, and then we go through the actual regression. And it's one of the really fun things about the work is the fact that it's kind of like a, um, a whodunit kind of thing because we never know what's going to come up. And very often these stories, just like life, take these unexpected twists and turns and unusual things happen. And so it's kind of like you're sitting there in my office with me as this story is playing out and um, then seeing what kind of um, spiritual guidance the individual gets at the end of the session. And then um, 
I also offer an exercise at the end of each chapter that can help the reader just kind of expand their own awareness, like either doing some work with their dreams or looking at where they've traveled and how those places have resonated or not to them. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah, so, um, so that's um, the book, which came out about four years ago now, yeah. What, was the, what inspired you to write the book? I, um, with my business background, I kept records on every single client. I had this massive spreadsheet on what the issue is that they came in with and what the lifetime was and that kind of thing. And I had all my files and I record all my sessions. So I had all this information. And at a certain point, it was like these stories are just so fascinating. I don't want it to just all disappear when I die. <laughs> so I decided I should write a book about it. And so that's what got me going. Um, you know, because really wanting, I mean, there's so much really great inspiration and, and food for thought in the book, but also it's incredibly entertaining to read these stories. It's just um, very, very fun to go. It's like your little time machine going back in time to see yeah. what it was life really like back in, you know, the Roman Empire or um, in Persia or whatever. And it's, um, yeah, so part of it was just that I, I couldn't let all these stories just go by the wayside. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. Um, you definitely have a great job. I mean, you get to, <laughs> you get to hear wonderful stories and help people at the same right. time. Uh, it's fascinating. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Who could ask for more, right? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, what are some of the examples, uh, maybe of your past life regression, the kind of things that maybe amazed you or kind of even surprised you after hearing all the stories? Is there a couple that you can maybe think of? Yeah. Um, there was one gal who, um, so this was for more for a physical issue, which I've found that physical issues often carry through to the next lifetime because there's an emotional component that needs to be addressed. And the physical issue is sort of the reminder of, hey, you got to pay attention to this because it's going to keep nagging at you. So I had a client who had um, been in an auto accident and had a neck injury. And she had swelling and considerable pain in the back of her neck for a few years. And um, her physicians had actually done, I see if I can remember the procedure, was something along the lines of a nerve ablation, which killed the nerve in the area, and she was still having pain. And they did it twice, and she was still having pain. So um, the doctors are throwing up their hands saying, you can't be having pain. There's no nerve there anymore, but she was still having pain. So um, she wanted to see if we could find a source of that um, in a prior life. And we actually went to a lifetime, um, I think it was in the 1940s in Hollywood. And she was a woman married to a very good looking actor who was continually not faithful to her and kept promising this was the last affair. And we went to a scene where she was she was driving them home from a party. They'd both been drinking, curvy dark roads, and he reveals that, well, yes, he's had another affair. And she loses control of the car, slams into a tree, 
Um, her husband is fine, but she is paralyzed from the neck down and then um, dies within about a month from all her injuries. So, um, and so a big piece of the work was also around the betrayal and issues of trust and all that, which was associated with, with that injury. So she called me about an hour after um, the session and said, oh my gosh, my husband, current husband, just measured the swelling in my neck. She said it used to be about an inch and a half. And she said it's down to half an inch. So it's like she lost a whole inch of swelling almost immediately as a result of clearing this old stuff out. Um, so that, that was pretty dramatic. Uh, I certainly don't promise those kind of results to everyone, but I mean, it's, it's fun to see when even the um, physical symptoms can be dealt with. Right. Um, another one that was really quite entertaining was I had a couple drive in. This is when I was still seeing when you could see people in person in the good old days. So I had a couple drive in from about three, four hours away, and it was the wife who wanted to come have a session. And her husband was like, this is a bunch of bunk. But she kept insisting that he have a session too. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. So I think what he finally did is he just decided, hey, I want peace on the drive home. All right, I'll give it a try, right? <laughs> so he comes in and he's like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to work. And so I just started chatting with him a little bit about, well, you know, let's just assume maybe it will. And what would you like to look into? And so it turned out his father had died a few months earlier and he was still grieving his dad's death. So we went to a lifetime where he and his father um, were together before. And he pops into this scene where there are military men and, um, they're storming the beach in Croatia, and his father is the head of the platoon. And he said, the weird thing is the whole little platoon, or whatever the unit was called, called him dad. <laughs> so, um, so he got, dad, the leader, got shot storming the beach. And it was a great grief because he was really well-loved by his group. But then the, the client himself went on to um, sort of be the governor of the area for a while. And um, at a certain point, he was um, murdered by someone stabbing him in the back with a big lance that the point protruded out the front of his chest. And um, so when we're processing all this afterwards, he says, oh, my God, I have a birthmark on my chest. He actually showed it to me, and it was sort of this diamond-shaped birthmark exactly in the place where in the prior lifetime the lance had emerged out the front of his chest. And he said, my wife kept saying, you need to find out about that birthmark, but... <laughs> I didn't ask about it, but we got it anyway. But so his session was profound for him. And he came out of it like totally believing this. And, and his session was like way more excellent than his wife's was. <laughs> was that's, the true believer. That's amazing. So, 
yeah, it's, so it's really fun to work with people that are like, eh, I'm not sure, they're skeptical about the whole thing, but they want to give it a try anyway and to see how they're still able to just um, go into these memories and, and unearth some really important material for themselves. Do you come across that a lot with birthmarks? That's a belief over in India that I've, I've heard uh, them yep. talk about before. Yeah, it's quite true. It seems that, um, particularly if there's some dramatic physical um, injury, especially if it leads to death, that um, that very often you might have an unusual birthmark that's carried through to the next lifetime. I had a, another client uh, I write about in the book who was um, killed in Vietnam, and he had a crease right above his ear that he was born with that was the track of one of the bullets that um, when we did the regression that um, he was shot with. So yeah, it's really very fascinating the way, you know, and I don't really understand how the heck that happens that, you know, we come into a new body, but we still carry this birthmark. Again, it's some sort of reminder that there's something more going on here that maybe needs to be, that wasn't resolved, that, that needs to be cleared. Right. That makes sense. Um, how important is, I guess, the, the death experience or the, and even the life review? I know like in, in my, my regressions, the death scenes were always like very profound and uh, they really touched me deeply. Um, and I, I don't know, like for other people, but like for me, um, I was actually third person viewing the death rather than in the first person view, like I was through the rest of the regression. And that varies a lot by, with clients. So, um, I mean, even the, the whole regression, some people will be first person, like they're seeing through the eyes of that prior personality and experiencing everything. Some people will be viewing it from a distance and with no emotional content. Some people will be, weeping and wailing as they're feeling all the feelings. Other people will just report it very um, dispassionately, but might tell me afterwards, oh my gosh, that was so intense. You know, and I'll be like, I sure didn't look like it, but okay. Um, so everybody experiences differently. And I think that's also true with the death experience that some people have an amazing death experience and really connect with, um, that feeling of love and joy and peace and, you know, kind of like many people who have gone through a near-death experience in the current life report when they go to that spiritual space. And then um, some people are met by loved ones right away. I had one client who he had been a, in a lifetime where he was a Spanish nobleman and he loved his horse and he loved the Virgin Mary. So of course, when he passed, not only was the Virgin Mary there, but his horse was there too. So it's, it has a lot to do with the belief system of the prior personality sometimes as to what you experience when you first go pass and how sudden was the death and how ready were you for it. I mean, it's a very broad um, possibility with that. But almost inevitably, people have this, they lose any sense of pain that they might have had in their death. They feel very peaceful and um, usually kind of feel that, feel themselves just kind of dissolving into kind of a larger whole. Um, and then the, the work that I do to 
process the lifetime afterwards is um, mainly I'll just kind of pull them back to say, well, from this higher perspective, what would you say were the important lessons or themes in that life and how does it impact you now? And why was it important for you to see that lifetime today? What is it? What's the connection here? What is it that is important for you to get? So we do quite a bit of processing around all of that and maybe some energy work to release something that might still be stuck. And then we have the fun part of calling in higher spiritual guidance and seeing what kind of messages want to come through. Oh, that's beautiful. So do you do lives between lives as well? Or is it kind of yeah, similar? Yeah, that's pretty much, yeah, it's, it's similar. I always go to a prior lifetime first and um, deal with whatever issues need to be dealt with. And then we'll end up in that between life space and, um, and see, um, what we can learn from there. And that's, that's always a, a very rich area. Once again, individuals, some clients will get just messages that you're loved, everything's going to be okay, stop worrying. And I'll have some clients that will get paragraphs and paragraphs of information coming down for them. So again, it's, it's um, very individual and quite a bit of variety in it. You, again, you had mentioned maybe some of them may talk to spirit guides or see their spirit guides, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, so s- some people, um, the, the, the guide will show up in a variety of different ways. So sometimes it's kind of an angelic form. Sometimes it's a loved one who's already passed. Um, sometimes it's an ascended master. Sometimes it's like an animal totem that shows up. Uh, for some people it's just a feeling of of light or energy so again it's a very wide variety as to the form that it might take Um, and some spirit guides are much more verbose than others (laughs) and some have a great sense of humor too so it can be fun let me ask you a question have you had ever come across somebody who maybe had a regression with like a parallel lifetime or even somebody that maybe had a regression to where it wasn't necessarily here on this earth? Yeah. Um, a couple times I've had, and I've, you know, regressed at least a thousand people and only a few times have I had clients where we've gone to what seems like life on another planet or, that kind of thing. I had one or two people that felt that they were in the body of an animal rather than human. Um, Part of it is probably my approach because I am directing them to an earlier lifetime on this planet. Um, So that could help a little bit in forming where they go. Um, but what I've found is clients will go exactly where they need to go. doesn't matter what the suggestion is, you know, so they may come in with, I want to find about, out about my relationship with my father. And instead we get something else altogether sometimes. And they always say afterwards, oh my gosh, that was so important. I just didn't think to ask about that. So I know that their higher knowing is going to direct them exactly where they need to go. So if, someone had some sort of um, life on a different planet or they had a parallel life that was important for them to see and that was really impacting them now, we would get that. It's just very, very rare in my experience. 
So yeah, the reason I was asking, I found it odd that my my wife had had one done as well, and she actually had had a a parallel lifetime where she was to die in around 2027, which as we know, hasn't happened yet. And obviously that person would be alive today. Mm -hmm. I thought that was, it was just a strange thing. And then I I started looking into it and then there's, there's other people that have had, you know, similar things, but like, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's that common of a thing, but. Right. And, you know, part of it is you kind of look at, well, maybe if that were true, how does it serve you to know that? Is the other thing. So because my approach is, is therapeutic. We're, we're doing this to help someone be more free moving forward in their current life. So it could be, even if you do have some parallel life going on, it may not serve you to know that because how distracting would that be? Yeah, that's right. right. That's, that's <laughs> so it would take you out of your current life. And it, really the reason we're here in our current body and personality is to live this life as richly as we can and to access as many of our talents and abilities as we can. So my work is to, is to try to remove blocks that we've carried over from the past that are preventing us from doing that. Right. Um, so it's not so much, Oh, let's just go explore for fun and see, you know, but you can do that. But yeah, that, that makes that makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Um, you know, you typically want to go to a lifetime that's going to give you the, the most most help as far as getting over yeah. in this lifetime to, mm-hmm. yeah. to promote growth and that kind of thing. What are we tapping into? What do you think it is? Other than our subconscious, is it just our subconscious or is it a higher self or a, a universal cosmic knowledge? What is it exactly that we're tapping into when, when we're looking into these, these past events? Well, we could debate this for hours. Um, The way I understand it that works for me um, and for my clients is that we, that we hold in our unconscious memories, um, which essentially are stored on more of a soul level. Yeah. Like a higher self or something. Not just in our one individual human personality, but that this individual personality is, connected to a larger soul being that has had these many lifetimes. And so we've, we have those memories in our unconscious and that we can access them if, um, if it's to our benefit to do so. Um, they're not, some people, the veil is very thin and they will have spontaneous past life memories or they're aware of some of their prior lifetimes um, without having to have someone facilitate it for them, but most people not, because again, it's distracting. (laughs) If we actually were connected with the hundreds of lifetimes that our soul has lived, uh, it would be really, really hard to focus on the current life. So um, that's, that's why it's, it's kind of veiled from us for the most part. Um, But we'll see often see glimmers in maybe talents and abilities that we have just naturally, like someone picks up a guitar and really hardly needs lessons because all of a sudden they can play really great. Or um, someone just has this aptitude for numbers and accounting and they can do it without even hardly thinking. And, um, or that we love a certain area of the world or a certain food even. Um, and these are ways that our prior lives are kind of, 
bleeding through, but we don't always label it that way, right? We just think, oh, well, gee, I love India and I love eating rice and, you know, whatever. Um, I had a stepdaughter that um, for many years would only eat white rice and soy sauce. (laughs) And it's like a little obvious. (laughs) There's something going on here. So, um, so whatever we're tapping into, which was your question, um, somehow every lifetime that we've ever lived is recorded, be it in our soul's essence or in the Akashic records or something, and we're somehow tapping into that. And, um, and it's, it, what the neat thing is, is it doesn't take a really deep hypnotic trance or anything to access that a lot of it is actually pretty close to the surface because the the um uh technique that i use i mean i'm having this conversation the whole time right with Mm -hmm. the person that i'm working with and um what's usually very charming is at the end of a session often i'll have a client say well that was really amazing but i wasn't really hypnotized I'll be like, well, how long do you think that took? And they'll say, oh, it was about 20 minutes. I'll say, actually, that was an hour and a half. (laughs) And they'll be like, oh, I guess I was hypnotized after all. So it's not as if you feel like you're in this really weird, altered state necessarily. It kind of feels more like maybe you're meditating or just have your focus inward and giving it permission to all come up. You had mentioned Akashic Records. Mm-hmm. that's that's fascinating to me because i think you're the first regressionist i've had on here that's mentioned that um is that something you come across often well it, the akashic records is a concept mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't think anyone can prove right, that right. Anything. but that's it's particularly in eastern traditions um there's the belief that there it's like the great library in the sky where everything that's ever happened is written down or recorded somehow. I mean, we always think of written writing, but who knows how it's recorded. Um, And that, so some people might claim, oh, you're just tapping into the Akashic records. That's not your prior lifetime. That's just a lifetime. And somehow that speaks to your situation. I don't really care because what I'm looking at it as, is this helpful? Is this therapeutic? And the answer is yes. So, if it's Akashic Records, if it's your own soul memory, it doesn't really matter to me. There are people that um, are more in the research end of past life work. And, um, you know, so they'll try to prove more that there's no other way that this person could have known this information. And they usually do the research with children because they feel that children are much less tainted and have not acquired even unconsciously knowledge that we just get from living our life. Right. Um, so, um, so there, there's a lot of really excellent research done with children to validate these spontaneous past life memories that they have and then to go and actually fact check and, and um, validate that. So, it, I mean, that's some really interesting reading, but it does really give you pause because it's like, what other explanation would there be? Right. Well, like that, that James kid that was the World War II pilot. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great story. It yeah. is a great story. Um, can we talk a little bit about your, the work, book you're working on now? Yeah, well, um, hmm, the, the, 
I'm not sure where this next book is going, but it, it seems to be more um, focusing more just on the spiritual messages that have come through and uh, some of the information I get in my own meditations. And um, so we'll see where it goes. It's pretty organic right now. It's just I sit down and start writing and see what comes out. <laughs> I'm not sure what the cohesive whole is going to be yet, but I, um, I mean, I could write more stories from clients i have so many but it's kind of like eh, that one i've already done that it's time to do something else so we're gonna we're gonna wait and see exactly what it starts to look like um i'm gonna be seeing my agent at, toward the end of the month so i think i'll have a few pages to give to her and see what she thinks <laughs> where i'm going with it um but that it's it's really fun to just be able to kind of tap in and, and see, okay, what's supposed to come out now and how is this going to be helpful? I don't even need to worry about that part. I just right now I'm told that I'm supposed to write. So um, we will see where it goes. Um, Excellent. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be a good read. Uh, you've got wonderful reviews on, on your you. book now. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been a fascinating discussion. Um, where can we find your work that you're doing? And if somebody needs a regression or needs some help, how right. can they get a hold of you? So I have a website, which is past lives. So that's plural, P-A-S-T-L-I-V-E-S dot org, O-R-G. So there's a lot of information there and a lot of links to where you can purchase my book or um, ask about sessions or there's a, a little guided meditation on there that you can kind of try to do your own. Um, and just a, a goes into a lot more detail explaining um, how a session works and, and the whole thing about reincarnation and all of that. So that's the main place to find me. And there's... Um, there's a contact form there if someone wants to ask about um, sessions or has other questions. Um, so that's probably the best way to go. And again, the book is called The Past Life Perspective, and you can find that on um, any major online bookseller um, and um, go from there. Published by Simon & Schuster. So um, it, it got well curated before it ever came out because it's quite a trip working with a big publishing house they um they really put the books through the ringer so uh made it a much better book by being picked up by simon and schuster excellent well thanks for coming on the show thanks Dylan. i enjoyed it thank you all right that's it for the show reality searchers please remember to share the show um, share it with a friend um, thanks for choosing us. I know there's a lot of options out there. And I want to leave you with an Apache blessing. May the sun bring you new energy by day. May the moon softly restore you by night. May the rain wash away your worries. May the breeze blow new strength into your being. May you walk gently through the world and know its beauty all the days of your life.